0: Hello, 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 and happy Saturday. Happy Saturday indeed. We are back after a one-week hiatus. It is episode number 106 of the Sports Kiki Podcast. My name is Alex Reamer. It pained me to be away from you all last week, but it did not pain me enough to record a podcast on my vacation in Miami. Sorry about that. Uh, I will not bore you with many details about my vacation because, frankly, nothing is more boring than listening to another person talk about their time away. Although I will say that I was warned going into Miami Beach, this one gay club twist, seven different rooms. It's a blast. But I was told it is a haven for phone thieves. And guess what happened? My cell phone got stolen. It was Saturday night. I was dancing away, euphoric, as one is, in the wee hours, when they're in a place like Twist, did I mention they have seven different rooms, dancing with some lovely gentleman, and then, whoop, pat the fanny pack, hello, nothing, nothing there, pockets, nothing there, look down on the floor, nothing there, fanny pack is wide open, Phone stolen, tried to find my iPhone right as I got back to my hotel, it was already offline, so these thieves are good, so... That's a pointer, kids. If you ever find yourself a twist, either leave your phone in your room, put it down your pants. <laughs> I don't know what you're gonna do, but I thought I was safe in a fanny pack, right? It wasn't in my pocket, wasn't in my back pocket. I wasn't holding it in my hand. It was zipped up tight, safely tucked away in my fanny pack. And I didn't even notice that somebody went in, unzipped, took the phone and then left. Maybe it was the guys I was dancing with. I don't know. Surprisingly, they didn't have any insight as to who stole it from me. I'm like a raving lunatic running around the dance floor at like three o'clock in the morning. Who stole my phone? My phone's not here. And I'm sure, it was, yeah, everyone was very deeply affected by, <laughs> by me losing my phone. I mean, you should have seen that. Like, shut down the club, stop the music. All right, Alex, Dreamer had his phone stolen. It was really unbelievable. Uh, no, no, no. None of that happened. Nobody really cared. And that's fine. I wouldn't have cared either if I didn't know who I was. But We're back, I now have a phone, I will say it was a little freeing to not have a phone for 24 hours or so, but back on it, back online, back on the grid, back from vacation, but it was great, Miami is uh, definitely a fascinating city, I will say that, much different than Boston in pretty much every way, so that's that, but we're back, ready to dive in, Uh, and I came back to a really interesting story that I want to kick off the show with uh, today about the Boston Red Sox. Yes, Major League Baseball may be in a lockout, and we'll get to that in a few moments. Our Ken Schultz, one of our great OutSports contributors and our resident baseball fanatic, wrote a really nice op-ed and a personal op-ed at that about the way that this lockout is affecting his fandom and going into what it's been like being a gay baseball superfan. So we'll touch on that. But the Red Sox released a prospect of, uh, last weekend by the name of Brett Netzer. And you may be wondering, who is Brett Netzer? Well, that's a fair question to ask. He's not a real high-profile prospect. He was a third-round draft pick. He last played in 2019, so before the pandemic, but he was still under contract, still with the Red Sox. And he, out of nowhere, went on a Twitter tirade in which he was spouting anti-Semitic tropes about Red Sox Chief Baseball Officer Heim Bloom, uh, racist tweets, anti-trans tweets, anti-gay tweets. I mean, you name it, and Netzer hit the trifecta of hate. Uh, you know, pretty much any group that is out there, he uh, he 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 fired off a tweet uh, ripping them, and in the most juvenile, sophomoric, judgmental, uh, bigoted way possible. So uh, you know, it is. Interesting, you look at this kid's Twitter feed, it was really inactive up until last week, and when Netzer did tweet, it was pretty much just regular sports stuff, banal observations about things like mosquitoes, in case you're wondering, he he, he wants to know what mosquitoes do for us. It's a thought that no one's ever had. Uh, the misuse of you and your, which is something that also bothers uh, this fine gentleman uh, is there anything more irritating than people complaining about the misuse of you and your, and I'm someone who's guilty about it, uh, guilty of it as well, but it's like, it's such a move that you make when you're a high school kid or you're in college and you want to prove that you're smarter than everybody else. And oh my God, you, you are, I mean, we got it. You're, you're a brilliant, brilliant English mind, Brett Netzer. He really is. But his commentary just took a repugnant turn. Uh, For a few days last week, as I mentioned, he was incessantly questioning Heim Bloom's Jewish faith, saying he supports Black Lives Matter and the group of sodomy, LGBT pride, hell yeah. He had a pin tweet attacking transgender people, writing, Any person who is secretly transgender and their partner does not know and sexual actions have taken place is a rapist and a sexual molester. May God be the judge. Uh, he defended his questioning of homosexuality, tweeting, I think why is the best question there is. Why is homosexuality wrong? Why? What harm is it? And then when confronted about these tweets, Netzer confirmed that, quote, he is a racist and, quote, makes assumptions on a person's race, ethnicity, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, Woo. Uh, he makes assumptions on a person's race, ethnicity, and culture so it's nice that he confirmed that for us. And he also seemed thrilled when the Red Sox released him. He quote tweeted, interesting. When a Red Sox reporter tweets out, I'm told the Red Sox have officially released former third round pick Brett Netzer following a series of racist, homophobic, anti-Semitic tweets on Twitter. So, you know, I think from looking at this guy's Twitter feed, as I mentioned, it's it's pretty sad that I think he's going through some sort of mental breakdown. Again, his Twitter feed was pretty quiet up until last weekend, and he's just been going on this never-ending barrage. Uh, So that is sad to see. You don't want to exploit anybody who's going through uh, this apparent kind of mental anguish, but it is important to point out these tweets from Brett Netzer because these bigoted viewpoints are not spouted in isolation. I mean, they can still reach and impact. LGBTQ people, Netzer seems to be a true believer here of this dogmatic doctrine. He's played baseball for his entire life. He played college ball at UNC Charlotte. I mentioned the Red Sox selected him in the third round of the 2017 draft. So he's had hundreds of teammates over the years. And unless he just suddenly became this bigoted and anti-gay and anti-black and (laughs) anti-Semitic and go on down the line, uh, then I bet you that some of these feelings... Uh, he may have, he may have espoused some of these feelings to his teammates over the last few years, and, I mean, over his whole life, really, again, because he played baseball his whole life, and it's not a stretch to believe he encountered at least one LGBTQ teammate during his time from high school through the minor leagues, and, again, these words matter. They don't, they aren't just said in isolation. Uh, I give credit to the Red Sox for immediately releasing Netzer after these tweets Uh, were sent out. And look, I am seldom uh, supportive of people losing their jobs based on bad tweets, uneducated opinions. Uh, I am always, almost always, up for second, third, well, maybe not fourth chances. Depends on what you do. But long story short, I'm not into canceling anything like that. But you go on a Twitter tirade like this, And then you don't express any remorse whatsoever and say that you are a racist and judge people based on their ethnicity and culture. Uh, Yeah, bye girl, bye. You gotta go. And if we're going to fit these Nets or tweets into a larger story, I mean, in recent months, I've written about a couple of incidents of rampant homophobia among young male athletes at elite schools and affluent towns. Earlier this year, I wrote about an out former wrestler at Princeton, who penned an op-ed in the stu- in the school paper about the culture of hate on the wrestling team, in which team leaders and coaches would say, "Oh, if we had a gay player on this team, on this team, or gay wrestler on this team, rather, that would be the downfall of the program." Stuff like that. Sure, it makes you feel good if you're a gay wrestler, right? Uh, I wrote about these high school hockey players in a wealthy Massachusetts suburb. Uh, instituting raising uh, hazing rituals such as Gay Tuesdays, Hard R Fridays, people still act this way. And it's important to point that out. Now, more importantly, they're not gaining support in the sports world, even in staunchly conservative communities. I go last year, reported on a story about a private Catholic high school that rehired a gay coach following outcry from students and parents. And we see across pro sports, teams have no tolerance for this kind of stuff. But it's, again, important to still point this stuff out because these people are out there. They do feel these things. They do say these things. And, again, as tempting as it is to write off a guy like Brett Netzer as an anomaly, and he is, but, again, that Twitter account is still public. He's had teammates throughout his life as a baseball player. And as I said, it's not far-fetched to believe he's come into contact with at least one, and probably more than one, LGBTQ teammate. And I bet you he has not kept these things to himself up until last weekend. So that's Brett Netzer. Again, don't really want to celebrate anybody losing their job, but uh, I think the Red Sox made the right call here, and kudos to them for acting swiftly. Uh, It's the direct opposite approach that Major League Baseball has taken To its lockout, I'm sure you've heard, they missed their self-imposed deadline. The first two series of the year have been canceled, so that approximates out to about the first week. And Ken Schultz, our resident baseball fanatic, wrote a nice op-ed about the lockout titled MLB Ownership's Lockout Crushes This Gay Baseball Fan's Pride. And the main point of the op-ed is about how Ken, every year, loves writing about the Major League Baseball pride nights for us. Pride themed events at ballparks, and now he may not be able to do that. And even if and when baseball comes back, he's not sure he's going to have as much pride as he once did, writing about these pride nights, because it's obvious that Major League Baseball's owners and its commissioner, Rob Manfred, don't care about the fans. And that's very tough to take. It's tough to take when it's this transparent. And the way that they've carried themselves is so embarrassing for Rob Manfred to go up there a couple days ago. And say with a straight face that baseball has struggled over the last five years. I mean, really? All it takes is a simple Google, a, a simple Google search to find out that Major League Baseball took in $10.7 billion in revenue in 2019. Its best year ever. I mean, who signs off on this stuff? If I'm an owner, I'm pissed. I look at Manfred and I say, really? You're the guy up there representing us? And you say We've had a tough five years when anybody with access to a computer or smartphone can Google what our revenues are and see that we had a record-setting year in 2019. I mean, really? And what they're fighting about, you look at what other lockouts have been over in recent years in sports, right? The NHL had a lockout in the early aughts because they wanted to institute salary cap, and you've had lockouts and work stoppages over free agency, and really, you know, structural changes to the sport. Nobody likes lockouts, nobody likes work stoppages, but in those instances, when you're instituting, again, structural changes, you can say, all right, I can maybe see why the two sides are this acrimonious, and, you know, it, it takes time sometimes to implement these kinds of major changes. Well, baseball is not going through any of that right now. The primary fight here between the owners and players is are over things like minimum compensation, luxury tax threshold, which is basically Major League Baseball's make-pretend salary cap, you know, super twos, which I'm not even going to explain what that is. It's young players and arbitration and how quickly they can become free agents. I mean, it's crazy stuff. It's boring stuff. It makes your eyes glaze over, and yet they're willing to miss... A lot of games do this, and Ken Schultz goes on to write about his baseball fandom, and he says, when it comes to baseball, and what George Carlin called a 19th century pastoral game, (laughs) it feels like even more of an uphill battle to explain his fandom, especially to other gays. Not only do I worry about turning myself into an outcast when I mention my love for sports, I have to add even more justification to explain. You know that sport that everybody jokes is boring? It fascinates me more than anything else in the world. And then Ken tells a story. This past summer, during a post-game hangout in my gay kickball league, a few of my teammates vocalized their wishes that the Cubs would disappear so Boys Town could take over the entire Lakeview neighborhood on the north side. When I heard that, I had to answer back and stick up for my favorite team. But there was still a brief second where I felt like I was being forced to choose between being true to myself as either a gay man or a Cub fan. And he says even worse... What's most galling is that I spent more effort trying to stand up for baseball in that moment than Manfred and the owners have in the past five years. Amen, Ken Schultz. And like I said, it's damn depressing to know that the people in charge of your favorite sport don't give a damn about you at all. And we've talked about this before on the show. We did just a few weeks ago before the Super Bowl, the struggles of being a gay sports fan. And I talked about it in the context of the NFL, which is the most popular sport in the country by far. As Ken mentions, baseball is an even harder sell, especially because the NFL, it's an event. Your favorite team plays once per week. You have Sunday night, Monday night, primetime games. You can schedule your life around that. Baseball is every single day. For six months out of the year and for active gay men with vibrant social lives, it's very hard to fathom sitting down and following a baseball team every day for six straight months and more if your team makes the postseason. It's very hard to conceptualize that. So I do feel for you, Ken, and it's especially hard to defend your fandom of a sport where again, the owners and the commissioner don't care about you at all. So I'm sorry, Ken. They are going through this lockout, but may it end relatively soon. May your pride be restored. And the truth is, if you're going to be cynical about it, the owners don't care about missing April. April is their least profitable month anyway. And they know that when they come back in May or whatever it is, the fans will come back too. They will. I mean, maybe some diehards will swear off it, but the fans will come back. They always do. You're missing April. The large sports fan will barely even notice. And that's what's sad about it. That's the most sad at all. They're really ticking off their most loyal customers, but that's the way it is. I want to close the show today with uh, a Leah Thomas update. She gave a rare interview to Sports Illustrated this week. Our Carly Webb wrote it up on Outsports. It's a great piece. And what I like most about it is, while much of the reporting on Thomas has painted an image of Leah Thomas versus the world, The SI article shows support she receives from loving parents, some of her teammates, her school. And I think one of the key quotes that she gave SI is this one. I don't know exactly what the future of my swimming will look like after this year, but I would love to continue doing it. I want to swim and compete as who I am. And that's a central point with Leah Thomas that is often forgotten. And that central point is... She is a 21, 22 year old person who wants to compete as her true self. And up until recently, she's been unable to live and compete as her true self. The story goes into her transition. She had to compete on the men's team while she was transitioning from man to woman because she did not meet the NCAA guidelines or their previous guidelines for trans athletes, which said you had to be on hormone therapy for at least a year. She was not on hormone therapy for a year. So while she was transitioning, she was still swimming with the men. I can't imagine how that made her feel. And overall, Thomas estimates about half of her teammates are against her taking part in women's competition compared with six or eight who are in favor. One parent of a teammate told SI quote, Leah is a human being who deserves to be treated with respect and dignity, but it's not transphobic to say I disagree with where she's swimming. And that's the other side of this equation. And it's something we've talked about ad nauseum, and we'll continue to talk about, I'm sure, as the NCAA championships approach later this month, and Leah Thomas will swim in them. Is it transphobic to say I have doubts as to whether Leah Thomas should be competing with the women? And I don't think it is, because as this parent said, Leah is a human being who deserves to be treated with respect and dignity. But if you look at it and think there's a competitive advantage to her swimming, does that mean you hate transgender people? Phobic. Does that mean you are afraid of transgender people? Or are you raising questions about competitive fairness? and competitive balance. And that is the shame of this whole debate. Up until this SI article, the full picture has not been painted. We've had anonymous quotes after anonymous quotes. We've had political demagogues take advantage of this very complicated story and turn it to their own personal gain. And then we have this mess unfold where Leah Thomas is ultimately somebody who just wants to be herself. And she should be supported in her destiny, or in her quest, rather, to be her full self. Full stop. And there also should be room for that nuanced and difficult conversation about the rules for trans athletes competing and whether or not it's fair to cisgender women to compete against someone like Leah Thomas. And these are debates that are complicated, and people have studied this for years, and there is still no concrete answer. But the forum we have to talk about, it doesn't allow for any nuance. It's black and white. It's broad strokes. It's, yup, she's a cheater. Should never be allowed near a swimming pool. You know, some Matt Walsh, some conservative writer, tweeted out a few days ago, you know, what are the parents doing? Letting Leah Thomas swim, like, 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 what do you want? Do you want the parents, of these girls, to jump into the pool and barricade her from jumping in? Should they drain the pool before the meet? I mean, what do you want them to do? Macho, ridiculous crap. And on the other side, you have, oh yeah, she should, she should compete. No questions asked. Anybody who questions this is transphobic, and that's not true either. There is a, there is a middle ground to be found here. Hopefully, we start to find it, but I doubt it. I just don't have a lot of faith in the good-natured, good-faith discourse in this country, especially when it comes to this issue. But that's why we're here at Outsports. We talk about things. We talk about their complexities. Uh, Thank you, as always, for listening. It's good to be back. The Sports Kiki, episode number 106. As always, if you have any show ideas, guest ideas, feel free to hit me up. The best way to do that is on Twitter. My DMs are open at AlexDreamer1 is my username. That again is at AlexDreamer1. So long, everybody, and we'll talk to you next Saturday.